0: This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Messer and Jason Kelly on Bloomberg Radio. Well, our next guest really needs no introduction. He's been involved in the hospitality industry for five decades and counting, from Studio 54 and the Palladium Nightclub back in the 70s, to really challenging and upending the hotel industry with uh, creating the boutique hotel in the 1980s. He created the public brand. He continues to shape the landscape. Back with us is Ian Schrager, hotelier and founder and chairman of the Ian Schrager Company. He joins us on the phone from Long Island. Ian, it is nice to have you back with us, I wish it was under different circumstances. Tell us a little bit about your world, professionally, personally, um, how things have been impacted and how they're going.
1: Well, um, thank you for having me. Uh, First of all, I think uh, I'm holed up uh, out on Long Island with my family and waiting this thing out and waiting for it to end. We're all healthy uh, and uh, we're looking forward to when we can get back uh, to a normal life. Uh, Not a new normal. But our normal life, uh, the hotels, uh, uh, the hotel business is uh, under siege. Uh, public is closed, uh, as well as a lot of the additions. Uh, but I look forward uh, to them opening soon. I feel that uh, we're seeing light at the end of the tunnel. And it'll be uh, uh, there'll be a lot of uncertainty involved. But uh, I'm quite confident that, uh, you know, we will return to normal. Business will get back. And uh,
2: we'll, we'll see happy days again. Well, and Ian, you know, one of the reasons we wanted to make sure to talk to you... Uh, beyond just your general wisdom and expertise, is because you guys had to make the, the tough decision to close the Times Square edition about a year ago, give or take. You were uh, with us talking about it opening, a lot of promise there, and Times Square you know, in, in a totally different uh, place than it was uh, when you opened it uh, decades before. Now, obviously, the city ha- has been brought to a standstill. Help us understand what led ultimately to that decision.
1: Well, unfortunately, we've had to add into a dispute uh, between the owner of the property and uh, its financial institutions. Uh, the hotel is part of a larger component uh, with a lot of retail, a big signage component, as well as um, um, lots of office space. Uh, the dispute has nothing to do with us. Uh, we hope it will get resolved. Uh, the hotel was doing better than we expected. and huge worldwide political acclaim and we're hoping we did close it for the uh, pandemic uh, and we're hoping uh, uh, to welcome everybody back soon as soon as the pandemic is uh, over or under control
0: so it's not a case though then ian of because i know um there's been some thoughts about i think there was another hotel that closed in the area that you know problems for times square especially in a post-virus or post-covid 19 world do you see it that way or no
1: no, I don't see it that way. You know, I've been hearing the pundits, everybody uh, talking about a paradigm shift, and you know, you know, my experience. And I think since biblical times, you never see a paradigm shift. You know, life finds a way; they make adjustments, they go on. Uh, nothing changed after nine eleven. Nothing changed after World War Two, and so on and so forth. Uh, we always find a way, and we get back to normal, and we have to suffer all these predictions from all the uh, uh, intellectual people, I, I, I think. Uh, so uh, I, I see things, look, it's going to take a while. We're going to have to make an adjustment. Uh, we hope we have to get a vaccine, uh, but we'll deal with it the way we've dealt with every other calamity in the history of humanity. And it will return to normal, and New York is still New York, and Times Square is still Times Square. And uh, it's just a question of writing it out and being prudent, uh, and uh, making adequate plans and uh, and waiting for it to happen. And I don't see it being a long term ramp up back to business. I see it being, you know, uh, I can't tell for sure, obviously, but I think if, look it. Looking in terms of months, I think the bars and the restaurants will get started soon. Uh, there is a pent up demand because you know the pandemic ends for the people before and at a different date than when the pandemic ends scientifically. And the people are raring to go. And you can see that when the bars opened up in Wisconsin and, and other places, they, they, they're packed. So, you know, I'm, I'm not an optimist by nature. I'm a realist. And I, I see this, uh, you know, returning to normal. Exactly when I can't say, uh, but, um, you know, I think things will go back to normal.
2: I mean, it's interesting, Ian, because, you know, as we look over the course of your career and we've talked with you a little bit about this before and and had a chance to have some longer form conversations with you, you know, you've anticipated a lot. You have told people candidly that there are things that they want and need that maybe they don't even know they want or need, whether it's Studio 54 or the whole concept of a boutique hotel. When you think about what people may need after this... What is it?
1: Well, people are going to be very concerned in the short term about their health and well-being. And, uh, you know, so I think that's something that we have to uh, react to and and be very sensitive and be very focused upon. It's not a marketing initiative. It's really doing things uh, Hmm. that uh, make people feel safe, Uh, better cleaning. I mean, I have a 200-page those VA at what we'll be doing at the hotels to keep them clean and making sure that everyone uh, 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 will feel safe and secure. You know, the way people dine may change, servings may change, and things like that will evolve. Uh, But uh, I think people are going to be more concerned about that. But they're going to be uh, not as acutely aware of everything the way they are now in six months from now or 12 months from now. That's always been my experience and, and, and what i've seen in my lifetime and, and what i've seen historically um, so you know i think if you're asking what i think is coming down the road you know i think wellness mm-hmm. is something that's uh, uh going to be uh, very very prevalent and very much on people's minds uh, imagine come to new york for the cure uh, come to new york for a visit and go home actually feeling better But those things were happening before the pandemic, Mm. and they're still going to be uh, happening. I, I, you know, look, it's been a terrible thing what's happened. Everybody's life is stopped. Uh, A lot of people have lost their jobs because lots of terrible and horrible things going on. I terrible, but I think we will return to normal and we will get back our life and uh, just. But I'm, I'm 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 relying on that because of what I've seen historically, right. uh, from reading my experiences. What? After nine eleven, everybody said there was going to be a paradigm shift as well.
2: Right.
0: And, well,
1: uh, the only I, thing I can see now is a long lines at the airports. Other <laughs> yeah. than that, I don't see any change.
0: Right. And everybody figured out a way back. I know you say you're not an optimist, but I am getting some optimistic feelings from some of the things that you're saying. We're going to continue our conversation with Ian Schrager. Of course, you know, him, founder and chairman of the Ian Schrager Company. He's joining us on the phone from Long Island. And we'll continue because I want to get into some of his residential projects, too, especially coming off of some of those stories that we're talking about people leaving the city. Right. And I do wonder whether it's just, okay. what do we have to do to figure out how to get back?
2: You are listening to Bloomberg Business Week, and as we kick off the last hour of the show, let's continue our conversation with Ian Schrager. He is, of course, founder and chairman of the Ian Schrager Company. He has influenced the way that you stay in a hotel, the way that you hang out, the way that you party over the course of his long career. And Ian, Carol and I definitely wanted to talk to you about what you see coming when it comes to residential because you've taken a keener interest in that side as well and as i said you've influenced how we think about hotels we're all thinking more and more about our living spaces right now how do you see that evolving
1: well you know i think it's such an exciting area because i think the distinction between hotels and living and working and playing and dining and entertaining is all blurring, and they're all uh, overlapping and becoming all one and the same. So I think the next, next big opportunity is to, to do a project that has all of those things uh, in one building. Uh, and uh, I think uh, it's like a, uh, so that's the most exciting aspect to me with the residential. But, you know, the market had been soft or getting softer before the pandemic, uh, I think New York was uh, hurt by some of the uh, tax changes that uh, mm-hmm. that came down and uh, made it uh, a little bit uh, less interesting for people. Uh, and now I think it's been uh, all, all kind of worsened uh, because of uh, the international travel and, and the reluctance, a little bit of the reluctance to come here. But, you know, that business, like all businesses, I think we may be going into a, a soft market, uh, even a down market, although I haven't seen that yet. But it's a cyclical thing, and it will you know, turn around again because I still believe in the fundamental attractiveness of, uh, of, of New York and everything that it has to offer and its attraction to everyone uh, around the world. I mean, it, it is the financial capital and the cultural capital of the world. So I I, I think it, it was before the pandemic and it'll it'll be that again after the pandemic.
0: Well, and Ian, you've got a you've got a couple of projects you know underway right now, um, two hundred and fifteen Christie, one hundred and sixty Leroy. You also, if I go back to I think two thousand and seven, you just were finishing up forty bond in New York just before the crisis. Like, is are there things that you went through there? I don't know that can kind of. I don't know, did you learn some lessons or just something that, you know, reminds you that there are cycles and severe cycles, but we do bounce back?
1: Always, always.
0: You know, I'm not
1: an economist. Uh, I'm a statistician. I can just talk from experience Uh, and from uh, my awareness of historical uh, events and happenings Uh, and even looking, reading books on uh, the number of recessions that we've gone through. Uh, uh, in the world. Uh, it, it's cyclical. Things change. Uh, I think we all have to be prepared for that. When you do a residential project, it's a, it's a business that is much, much more time-sensitive and uh, and it depends upon the vagaries of the economy much more than other businesses. Uh, but it's cyclical. What it goes around comes around. Hopefully you're timing the market right. I, I think the best way of dealing with those vagaries in the economy is to have a really Distinct product mm-hmm. uh, with that short in supply, that gives you an economic edge uh, over your competitors.
2: So talk to us about how you create something distinctive, especially when it comes to residential, Ian, because, again, sort of as someone who has stayed in a number of your hotels over the years, I mean, I remember before I lived in New York, coming to New York and wanting to stay at the Royalton, wanting to stay uh, at the Hudson and others, what is the aesthetic? What is something that's in short supply that you feel like you can deliver?
1: You know, it isn't so much money that's coming from me. It isn't so much the aesthetic and the visual. It's really how the product makes you feel. Mm. It's ease of use. The elegance and simplicity of the use. It's comfortable. It's intuitive. You know what to do. You know where to go. It feels right. It fits right. You know, that's what makes uh, a hotel work. That's what makes a residential project work. And that's what makes an egg beater in the kitchen work. Uh, they all follow the same uh, uh, rules, and I think, uh, you know, that's what one has to do. You have to kind of, to kind of have a feel, an intuitiveness, an instinctiveness about what it is that people want and what they respond to. I've been so fortunate and I'm so lucky that uh, I, I, I've been able to kind of uh, hit the bullseye on that, uh, but... Um, as long as I keep hitting the bullseye, I keep doing it. But if I'm not hitting the bullseye, there'll be other people that'll be out there hitting hitting the bullseye. Figuring out what people want, not because of focus groups, not because of some uh, intellectual principle, but instinctively, what's going on, what's the collective of conscious collective unconsciousness. How can you kind of uh, you know get into that and 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 lead people to where they were headed anyways, but don't know what. Uh, they wanted but uh, you come up with something that they do want well
0: you can go Sorry, no no I just we just have about a minute left Ian and I do wonder you know you talked about wellness right Uh, we've already seen that um, wave certainly hitting a lot of developments and just hitting our world at large when you look at the other side of the virus are are you thinking any differently about new projects that you might be doing are you holding back on maybe doing projects because you're worried about the economy Um, just got about a minute left
1: no, I'm not holding back on any project because of the economy. The only thing that could hold back a project, of course, is uh, the financing. Uh, mm-hmm. in the capital markets get difficult. Otherwise, you know, I don't do a project based upon timing where the economy is. I do a project because there's a need for it. There's a gap or an inefficiency in the market that I think I can fulfill with it. So uh, I don't do it on timing. I mean, not unlike... Uh, uh, when uh, Warren Buffett invests in a stock, he doesn't try to time the market. He right. tries to invest in a company that has intrinsic value. Mm. Well, you know, I, I do it my way, and, 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 uh, and, and Warren Buffett does it his. But uh, so, you know, I think wellness is the future, but it hasn't been done yet in this country. Interesting. It, it's, it's really more concerned with beauty and muscles rather than wellness and making you feel better and making sure you're doing the right thing and you're eating correctly and you're exercising, exercising correctly. We haven't scratched the surface on, on that in this country yet. And I think we're about to. And I think there's a tremendous future with that.
2: All right. We're going to leave it there. Uh, always love uh, talking to Ian Traeger, founder, chairman of the Ian Traeger Company. I got to say, watch this space.
0: Yeah, totally. And I want to know more in the future about what he means about wellness. And because if he says we haven't scratched the surface,